on demand. Hear news from Israel whenever you want. Khan Tel Aviv 2019, Khan's Eurovision magazine. Good evening. Welcome to Khan Tel Aviv 2019, Khan's Eurovision magazine. This is Nomi Segal with our special magazine ahead of the Eurovision contest that gets underway in just over two weeks' time at the Expo Tel Aviv. We're here with all that's interesting ahead of the contest. We'll also have a listen to some of the prominent songs this year. In just a moment, we'll try to understand why the members of Chalav Udvash, Milk and Honey, are mad at Galiatari. We'll also speak with Talia Shkoli, someone who knows from up close what Eurovision is all about, and we'll have a listen to the song of a veteran participant in this year's contest. But first, a few Eurovision updates. Hundreds of excited and curious fans gathered at a Tel Aviv club this past weekend for the annual party of the Israeli branch of Eurovision fans, OGAE. They had a chance to meet Kobi Marimi, Israel's representative at the contest, and, as you can hear, also sing with him. So there are some people who are less impressed by the competition taking place in Tel Aviv. One of them is Salvador Sobral, who won Eurovision for Portugal two years ago. Sobral was interviewed over the weekend by the official Eurovision site in Germany. He said, if I were participating in the contest this year, I would go on stage wearing a shirt reading, Free Palestine. And now, and now, hallelujah! Between Madonna and Netta Barzilai, also appearing at the Eurovision final this year, will be Galia Tari, the soloist from the band Chalav Udvash, which in 1979 brought Israel its second Eurovision win. Atari will perform, solo, a new version of the winning song, Hallelujah, and this fact has rankled no small number of people who remember well the quartet that stood on the stage at Jerusalem's Binyanei Ha'uma back then and are wondering why the three other members are being excluded. 
Our very own Daniel Ohana dug in to get to the root of this feud. So in a utopian and logical world, we would today be celebrating 40 years of Hallelujah, Daniel says, when on March 31, 1979, the band Milk and Honey provided one of the most memorable moments in the history of Eurovision, as well as the entire country of Israel, a second consecutive win in the contest with the song Hallelujah. It became a massive hit around the world with versions translated into dozens of languages. But along with success came discord and among the most well-known disputes in the industry between soloist Galiatari and the other three members of the band, backup singers Ruven Gwirtz, Yehuda Tamir, and Shmulik Bilu. If there is someone who knows this story from front to back, it's legendary producer Shlomo Tzach, who sent 11 songs to Eurovision and who is behind Hallelujah's win. Kobe told me I want it to be with the makeup like that of Hakolover Habibi, Tzach recalls. That was an Israeli band comprising a woman singer with three backup male singers. Tzach continues. Gali was signed on with me as an artist. The three guys, Kobe had already spoken with them, and they agreed, and they created the band for the single song. Gali asked that in Israel the band be called Gali Atari and Chalav Udvash, and abroad they would be known as Milk and Honey. The Kobe, who Tzach is referring to, is Kobe Oshrat, who composed the song. When work started on the artistic program for Eurovision 2019 here in Israel, it was clear that Hallelujah would be integrated somehow into the show, but the members of the band Chalav Udvash remained outside. This was band member Ruven Gwirtz's reaction to the turn of events. The truth is, we weren't surprised, Gwirtz says, because the entire time, after we finished all the Eurovision rounds, Gali wanted to be on her own. She wanted to be a solo performer, and that is how she saw herself, and we encountered these feelings the entire time. And just a reminder to listeners, last year, even before Netta's Eurovision win, Israel celebrated 70 years of independence, and Hallelujah was chosen as the central song for the celebrations. Even then, we got a reminder of that same black cat that had passed between the members of the band and Gali, Shmulik Bilu, another member of the band, explains. Last year, when it was chosen as the main song, at first they told us that she's ready to sing with us. We'll sing together, he says. Over time, it changed, and she said no. She preferred to sing with Eden Benzakin. That's it. You can't force someone. The culture ministry decided what it decided, saw she didn't want to sing with us, and it didn't work out, he says. So the story is already 40 years old, and the feud exists, but now that Eurovision is here in Israel, and there's a reenactment of Hallelujah, who's the guilty party? Galiatari, who again said she won't sing with the band? Or Khan, the Israeli broadcaster, saying it wants just Galiatari? Well, Khan, as well as Galiatari's manager, opted not to comment, but who agreed to respond? Shlomo Tzach and Shimrit Or, who wrote the song, and what's their reaction? They're fed up. This is chutzpah, nerve of the first degree, Tzach says. Each of these guys contributed exactly as much as Gali to the song. Simply put, Gali was famous as a soloist, and they weren't. They deserved to participate in any event related to Hallelujah. 
I think it's outrageous not to include them, to leave them at home, and just bring Galiatari. She wasn't a solo performer, he says. Here's Shimrit Orr. Neta will sing Toy, and Dana will sing Diva. Izhar will sing Abani B. The only one who won't sing their song are the Chalav Udvash band, Orr says. Who decided and why? Just as Gali Atari thinks that she can replace the guys, then she can be swapped out, Orr says. Perhaps the irony is that while Atari was and is a big star in Israel as a performer, for Eurovision fans around the world, there's no such thing as Gali Atari. There's Chalav Udvash, with all their harmonies. At the end of the day, this is supposed to be a nostalgic event for Eurovision enthusiasts around the world. Think how much fun it could have been to see after 40 years all four members of Chalav Udvash together on stage with their mythological suspenders and a charming choreography, like Israel's own Abba, to hear them sing Hallelujah. want to tell you a little bit about San Marino, a small republic next to Italy, which is participating for the 10th year in Eurovision. It is represented this year by the 54-year-old singer Serhat. He is originally Turkish, and this is actually his second time representing San Marino at Eurovision. He's coming to Tel Aviv this year with the catchy song, Say Na Na Na. That's Say Na Na Na, Serhat, representing San Marino this year. Now we're going to speak with someone who lives and breathes Eurovision every year, maybe even all year round. Tali Eshkoli, executive producer of Eurovision here in Israel, but not just in Israel. She's been doing this for years, 16 more or less, Eshkoli estimates by her own count. She explains that producing Eurovision is not just about the televised shows. It's an entire operation. What does it mean to host Eurovision in Israel? It begins with the choosing of the host city, dealing with the government ministries, transportation, delegations, hotels, the tickets, the Eurovision parties, of course. It's an entire world of content that supports all that's happening on the stage, Eshkoli says. Asked what it's like for her to be doing this for the first time in Israel? It's amazing. It's a dream come true for me, she says. If you talk about this year's Eurovision slogan, Dare to Dream, Eshkoli says that there is no one this better fits than me. Eshkoli admits that the fact that Eurovision is in Israel, where everything and everyone are familiar, in some ways makes the work harder. 
First, she says, it is almost impossible to imagine what it means that so many people have been toiling for an entire year on what amounts to a three-hour televised broadcast. It's almost incomprehensible, she says. She adds that some 10,000 tourists are expected to arrive here who will be out and about on Tel Aviv streets. It's something huge and vast that has never been seen in Israel. Regarding the ongoing radio spots about Eurovision ticket sales, Eshkoli said that there are still some tickets available, but clarifies. Tickets to the Eurovision final sold out within an hour and a half in the first wave of sales. The small number of tickets released in the second wave of sales sold out in a matter of minutes. But some tickets to the semifinals remain, as well as to the rehearsals. It's worth coming, she says, we put so much into it. So if we tried to bring some sort of historical justice today with members of Chalav Udvash, let's bend history a bit with the performance that was supposed to represent Israel at the contest at Binyamin Ha'uma in 1979. Hakolover Habibi submitted the song in 1978, their rendition of Hallelujah, but it wasn't accepted. It's interesting to wonder if, with this version, we still would have won Eurovision. up this Eurovision magazine. This is Nomi Segal, together with sound technician Yosef Merzaev, inviting you to listen to our daily broadcast on Khan Reka, the Khan website, or the Khan English Facebook page. Give us a like while you're there.